Happy Monday, everybody. I missed the drums, Scott. Not gonna lie, I missed I missed the uh, I missed the ratatat drum cadence intro, but. Uh... I yeah. think it was too intense that we had. It was to, you know, it was a little it was a little intense. By the way, if you stumbled across us, welcome, welcome. This is back to the window with Scott and Scott. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at WinnersAndWinners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over WinnersAndWinners.com. Or as we call him now, Mister NASCAR. That's right. J.C. Mm-hmm. Stone said, "Asked me if I had Chastain. I did not, but one of the Scots did, and it wasn't me." Uh, I had Reddick, who kind of got a uh, <clears throat> little uh, well, You had Reddick and Almond. I had so you were right there. I had two of the top three going into the last lap and finish with Dick is what I got. Last there. lap, I think it was last turn. Yeah, right. Very good. Uh, the Kansas Jayhawks come out second half strong, like Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. Scott, the uh, over under on uh, the Will Smith reference was ninety seconds. Congratulations to everybody that bet the under. Well done. Yep. Well done. Didn't well. take too long. By the way, back to Chastain. 40 to 1 on Caesars. I said it was an auto bet, pun intended, uh, because it was about 25 to 1 everywhere else. Caesars was drunk. I believe the line closed on Chastain at about 15 to 1. So it overcorrected. You can still find 20 something to 1 right around race time. And he was great. It's nice to see him finally get over the hump. He finished top three in each of the last three races. And he did a great job. So props to him. And yeah, nice hit by me. Very nice. Well done indeed. Uh, James Mount says, what's good today, gents? Uh, and then he says, good afternoon. So <laughs> it's like he's typing him in. Oh, fuck, I better say hi. So mm-hmm. what's up, James? What's good today? Well, we got some NBA stuff. We got a couple college plays. We can uh, we can get to those. We'll, uh, of course, remind everybody that's out there. All six of you right now, we're uh, we, we kind of ramp up our viewership here. So I'll tell you guys now, and I'll probably tell you again, don't forget to like and subscribe. Of course, don't just subscribe to the Winners and Winers YouTube channel. Please subscribe to our new venture, uh, the partnership with the folks at Picks and Parlays. Put them all together, and we call it Max Wagers Network. So please get over there and subscribe to the YouTube channel at w, uh, MWN as well. That's hard to say. Max Wagers Network, easy. MWN, I can't... Can't keep it straight in my head. So, um, did you have a good day? You have a good. You have a good weekend. I know you. You know you, you made some serious jack on the NASCAR. But if I know you, you probably weren't playing it for massive units. So, how'd your basketball stuff go? You. Uh, I know you did well with our uh, phone-in picks for uh, the Clar Show, the ESPN mm-hmm. uh, Denver Show. You did well there. Um, how'd you do on the on the Final Four stuff? On the Elite Eight stuff? Of overall, didn't really have much action to be honest. I was kind of just enjoying it. See, I was in, I was kind of torn uh, over the weekend because of the fact that I root for North Carolina, but I do appreciate a good underdog story. But North Carolina is in the final four now, so I guess I can't be too mad. All right? Do I think Duke's going to kill them? Probably, but you know, I'm still happy my team's one of the last teams remaining. My main takeaway though from the Elite Eight and everything, pretty underwhelming, wasn't it? Yeah, not a lot of not a lot of excitement, not a lot of. Uh... I mean, the only close game was the Houston Villanova game, and that game had uh, the winner at fifty points. Fuck, that was just brutal. That was like I didn't watch any of it. I was watching the UFC card, which is actually another nice hit I had. I had a fighter, forgot his name, a <laughs> Russian guy, to win by second round submission at eight to one, and he won by second round submission. Nice. That's so that worked out well too, but. If only I parlayed that with Chastain. But either way... The weekend of uh, long shots. Would have been a huge parlay there. But 
it was really a terrible college basketball weekend. You had the nice St. Peter's upset against Purdue, yep. which I know you had a piece of, which was nice. I did indeed. Besides that, every other game, the, the North Carolina uh, UCLA game was good. That was pretty much it, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I kind of enjoyed, I, I enjoyed watching the Kansas game just because it was such a, a, a dichotomy. Between the first yeah. half and the second half, they just forty-seven fifteen in the second half dominated them. Just dominated. I had Will Smith in the first round. Says Bronco Devil. I tweeted that. I tweeted that right after it happened. I said, uh, "How many people had uh, Smith first round submission?" So, well, he didn't get anything. Chris Rock ate it. You yeah, know, it might it. be a ten nine on the scorecard, yeah. but Rock was still standing. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, he, that's why he didn't put knockout because he uh, he ate it like a champ. I guess. We, I guess we got to talk about that, huh? I mean, that's. I mean, I guess. Not I, mean, I don't it's know not if really, really much to talk about. It's not really sports news, but it is news. It's all, you know, we stand on the uh, we stand on the precipice of nuclear annihilation from the closest we've been in sixty years, and eh, let's fucking talk about Chris Rock and Will Smith. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I thought the funniest part. I thought the strangest part of that Scott was it didn't it didn't piss him off initially. He was laughing his ass off. Oh, no, that that's kind of goes into my point is that Will Smith, of course, was made the ass of the evening, so to speak, because he's the one that people are going to remember for acting immaturely yeah. during the situation. However, I'm completely blaming Jada Smith for what transpired, right? I think you kind of have to. I, I think that's, you know, she it looks like she kind of put it on him. So uh, like Rock, Rock said he got hit by Ali and is still standing. I thought that was one of the better tweets. Of the evening. and there there were some good tweets by the way Scott it was it was a it was a glorious it was the golden age of Twitter about ten minutes or the ten yeah, minutes after I, that I think happened. that was one of the best Twitter nights we've had but yeah. JC I don't know because you can say there's nothing more humiliating than being slapped by another guy I thought Chris Rock ended up the winner in that whole situation yeah and I mean he handled that with a lot of professionalism and I kind of appreciate that I mean so you can make an argument that it was humiliating. I think Will Smith got more humiliated than Chris Rock out of the whole thing in hindsight. It was a weird it was a weird vibe. It was it was a weird vibe for the rest of the presentation of that category, obviously. I watched none of it, so that was um, the only thing that I really know about. I I was there. I wouldn't I told you before the show I went over to my son's house. Him and his girlfriend had a really cool Oscar party with uh, like decorations and fucking movie themed snacks. It was a blast and filled out our brackets, of course, and well, not a bracket, but you know the Oscar. You did pretty well though in the questionnaire. I did. I I cheated. I looked at the odds. <laughs> so well, you do, no, you didn't cheat. You uh, used proper resources. That's right. That's right. So, but uh, congratulations to my daughter who actually won. She did the she did actual research while I just looked at the odds, and I ta- I decided to tank a couple, and there were four categories that weren't listed by odds, and those six ended up screwing me. I think she had nineteen. I had eighteen of the twenty three. Okay. Right. So. Were there any upsets to speak of? Because I'm pretty sure it was mostly chalk. It was it was mostly chalk. There was a couple where it came down to uh, that was like and I, that was like one or two of my misses where there was pretty much co favorites, but there was no yeah. huge upsets or anything. I, I usually I bet on some award shows every now and then. I didn't bet on the Oscars because I haven't watched any of the movies this year. I thought Coda was going to win, so that didn't surprise me. Right. And truth is, I thought Will Smith was basically a lock for King Richard. He was he was the biggest he was the biggest lock of the night. That and one of the technical categories for Dune, they were both minus four thousand. Yeah, minus six hundred though for Richard. That should have been like two thousand. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, I didn't. I saw that. I saw uh, kind of an unusual year for me. I told you I saw three of the movies on the list, which is a lot for mm-hmm. me. Um, three more than I did. 
But that's uh, one thing COVID made me realize. Like I barely go to movie theaters anymore. Like I, I just don't bother. And I some of that was COVID because everyone was at home. It's also involved with like streaming services now because a lot of movie companies and everything like that just stream straight to your cable provider. Or like you can get HBO Go or some type of Cinemax thing or right. Showtime thing. So a lot of people don't even go to theaters anymore. But I was the kind of person who would go to theaters for the actual event or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess COVID just kind of taught me I don't really care. Like I just found other stuff that I pay attention to. I kind of fell out on movies. Now, of course, I'll still watch a good one every now and then. But for recent movies, I have so many old classic movies I'm catching up on. I don't have time to catch up on the new ones. I get that. I get that. Uh, Will Smith is lucky last night that he didn't get stomped. Uh, Chris Chris Cockback. Yeah. I kind of thought the same thing. Of course, you have to remember, uh, there is a huge size differential between those two guys. Yeah. Uh, Chris Rock is tiny. Little dude. Little dude. Probably mm-hmm. five, five, five. Not quite Prince size, but he's small. So... Uh, I think was that, a, was that was that a Will Smith joke? No, no, I'm just saying. Um, Prince, Fresh Prince. No, not the Fresh Prince. No, that was just you meant the actual Prince. Okay. Yeah. You had a uh, chance there, you know, for a double entendre. I know. I, I let it pass. That's I. Okay, I think they cool. expect better from us than that, Scott. Uh, Bron- Bronco Devil says we bootleg everything. There you go. I mean, you don't even have to do that. I mean, I I got to tell you, I had. I'm not gonna lie. I had a site and it went away. Uh, where I could watch uh, first round movies. For for me, the the only takeaway that I had was that I thought Will Smith, of course, was portrayed in a poor light, but I blame Jada for the whole situation. Okay, so Good. you can read into that how you want, but I feel like that's a pretty accurate way to read into it because let's just say initially Will Smith thought it was funny. The yeah. main takeaway I also had from the joke: I didn't know there was a J.I. Jane movie. When did that happen? You never saw that with Demi Moore? No, not a great movie, but man, she's in great shape. Was holy, that recent? Holy shit, no. Probably 20 years ago. Okay, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, is that a new movie? Like Demi Moore. I'm like, she's still she's doing action movies she, now? She is not. She she didn't do many, but she did that one. And it was... Uh, okay. It was Good all right. Good actress. Yeah. Uh, Flickster, dude... I'm, uh, I'm not going to... You know, I don't want to get myself into a triple, but... We're not throwing out any names here. Uh, one of those, I understand, doesn't work anymore. <laughs> so... Uh, anyway, it's good to be here with you guys. As always, we, uh, we, uh, we thank you for stopping by. Of course, we'll get to the sports. I just think, you know, everybody was talking about it and he's, you know, done a couple sports movies with Ollie and everything. I thought that was one of the best, better tweets is, uh, I guess we found out why uh, Will Smith didn't win an Oscar for Ali. Uh, that was a good one. I originally thought it was a punch. I mean, you know, you could say it was a slap and I know there's some guys in the comment section like, guys, ah, you've got a bitch slapped it. Uh, that wasn't a bitch slap. That was a that was a pretty there good. There were some really good paper covers rock jokes there on yeah, Twitter. Though. Yep, that was solid. That good was so- solid as well. So uh, she 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 was bald, Jerry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice Seinfeld pull. You know we always give bonus credits for a fucking Seinfeld Seinfeld pull. So wrong. I was bald. Is it real? Yes. I believe I it thought was it was real. fake initially, but the more I've actually, the more it's marinated and the more the reactions have come out, it did seem to be a bit real. I thought initially, you know, the ratings for this thing are also are always terrible. You do whatever you can. The reactions and everything did seem like it was well, there was way too many people that gave genuine reactions and I don't trust that many people to be actually good at acting. So, no, I think it was actually genuine. I'm going to tell you something, you know, and if for uh, part of my life, I worked in Hollywood is, I guess I wasn't exactly a Hollywood elite, but whatever. Um, on the scene. I was on the scene. Sure. I had, I had a cup of coffee. I had a cup of coffee in the bigs. But anyway, I will say this. Uh, Hollywood has no interest in 
fucking reaching out to middle America or the political middle or whatever you want to define it as. Just none. Mm. Just no. That's why when everyone gets up, especially I'm not going to make it political, but when Trump was in power, you had everybody that was just making political speeches, and I don't remember anybody ever asking Meryl Streep for her political opinion. No. They have an agenda and they talk about what they want to, I and mean, that's how it goes. Uh, yeah, it is, and it's just you know, I, I, and my family skews. Some of my family skews pretty liberal, and I offered some opinions last night that weren't particularly appreciated. And you know, they again, you got to, we've got to find some fucking middle ground, guys. Whichever. I think it was also Pacino who said something, but the the point I mean, is that they all Pacino absolutely said something. It's basically an echo chamber. I mean, yes. it's just a bunch of people in Hollywood. Yes, regardless of party, mostly Democrat. I don't really care, but the point is, they say what other people basically want to hear and feel the same way. And they're just going to say it no matter what. I mean, it's a good point by James. They live in a bubble. I mean, I said echo chamber. It's the same idea. They, they do live in a bubble. Um, most of the, most of the writers come from uh, East coast Ivy league schools. A lot of Harvard writers uh, write comedy, obviously. And a lot of the drama writers, drama writers tend to have a little more real life experience. Hmm. But most of the comedy, and of course I'm speaking of television, but most of the comedy comes from, comes out of Harvard or Princeton or Yale, 80% of the guys. And as far as the actors go, you know, the actors are people with real life experience. Most of them are. Most of them, you know, pretty hard scrabble kind of existence and some of them got late breaks, but they get out there and they're just surrounded by people that have a certain view and that's the way it is. So... I'm not saying whether it's that view is is accurate or whatever, but I I don't think anything on either extreme is fucking accurate for starters. So I but, don't either. I'm just pointing out the fact that I'm not exactly surprised that let's just say somebody got offended by a joke, whether or not they overreacted, whatever. It's also a reason why a lot of comedians are starting to refuse to do stand-up comedy because it seems to be a dying art because nobody can appreciate comedy anymore I, I don't even know what my act would be like these days i honestly don't um i don't know what you can get away with anymore right I and mean, everyone's so sensitive about everything i you you basically are going to offend somebody no matter what right and i want to i want to be clear I, I wasn't like doing 45 minutes of racist jokes but i do like comparisons of men and women in marriage and things like that or you know what i do to my kids and you know all it's all fucking jokes but nobody can take a joke anymore god damn okay I appreciate good satire, and it feels like satire has been kind of thrown by the wayside at the risk of offending people. Yep, a little bit. Okay, so if you're joining our show for the first time, this is not normally how we started out. I do want to remind everybody, if you haven't had enough of us, we're going to be doing our baseball shows uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We're going to start with the East Divisions. And today's Monday. Today's Monday, yeah. We're going to do an AL East and NL East uh, previews. Let's get to some games, Scott. I know uh, we're, we're going to talk about yesterday's or this weekend's action. But Ninja has been very patient, wants to know about the South Alabama game tonight. This was a, uh, uh, I believe it was a pick em. It swung over to USA, minus one. Two teams play very good defense here, Scott, as they go up against Coastal Carolina. Uh, both of them can shoot a little bit from distance. Who you like? This is an interesting spot because South Alabama is playing Coastal, which means you have a rare actual conference battle taking place in one of these tournaments. Right. Of course, you're having a bigger one coming up with Duke Carolina over the weekend. Oh, yeah, that's but right. But South Alabama has been really, really good at home. I mean, it's crazy how good they are. The craziest part for me is that Coastal's played 31 games, and yet only nine of them have been on the road, which I find really weird. Good times. But 
South Alabama's 15 and two at home. I'm taking the Jaguars. Okay. I mean, Coastal's four and five straight up on the highway. Of course, they have a lot of experience with each other. So I'm going to go with the home team here. That's been 15 and two at home. So give me the Jaguars. All right. Well, first of all, four of those games were absolute shit because they're only eight and five against the number. So there's only there's only lines in 13 of those 17 games. So yeah, just to still be, just to be clear, but they have owned this series. Um, they have played. Well, they play. Uh, they played three times, four, four times, uh, three times, three times in the last two. Three, this is going to be the fourth. I yeah, they played in. Uh, well, they only played once this season, and it was uh, the seventeenth of February. South Alabama won it. As That's the, right. They, they had one that got canceled. and They moved it as yeah, the visitor, bad. right? So, yeah. But they'd won the they'd won the uh, two previous in twenty one. It's for me. It's South Alabama pass. I've, this is a team I've been on. I've, I've, I've although I have faded at Coastal a couple times to my detriment, but I've got a I've got a lean with the, the home team here. Yeah, the conference has been a bit weird in the Sun Belt because you had them and Georgia State, and it seemed like both teams were basically treading water for most of the season. And then out of nowhere, they kind of just hit a gear, and they've been pretty good for the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. And South Alabama is one of those cases. Yep, absolutely true. And I will say this: if you like coastal, I don't blame you. South Alabama failed to cover five of the last six, and uh, so just fair warning on the Blazers. Hey, let's uh, let's talk about what. I'm oh, sorry. Fair warning on the what? On the Blazers. Oh, what? That's UAB. Sorry, on the Jaguars. My bad. Yeah. Okay. My bad, getting my getting my southern schools confused. Well, it was a big weekend, as you and I mentioned, and not just for uh, not just for punching at award shows, but there was actually things that uh, happened in the world of sports. And let's talk about some of them, Scott. Let's talk about the bad news, the good news, the people that took it in the shorts, and the people that took it to the bank. The winners, the whiners. You know which category you fall in. But now we're going to tell everybody. Let's start off with the Monday edition of Call the Cops. All right, very good. We're going to uh, we're going to start it off. You know what we do here. We're going to start it off in the NBA. If you had the Lakers plus four against the Pelicans, the Lakers a rare good game, or at least a rare good first half, as they led by twenty. Lakers said we don't really know how to play two good halves, and they didn't. They got outscored sixty-seven thirty-nine in the second half. That's twenty-eight, by the way. They lose by eight. If you had plus four, bye-bye. That is just a distant memory. Call the cops on Showtime, would you? The Lakers are in free fall, and, of course, LeBron hurt his ankle last night again. So, yeah, not exactly a good situation going on there. But if you had some spring training baseball. Dodgers. I bet it's the Dodgers. Yeah, we don't judge. Fucking Dodgers. If you had the White Sox and the Dodgers. That's a turkey for the Dodgers. Three in a row. Over nine and a half. No. You had nine runs in the first five innings. Pound the under. The game ended 9 nothing. Not exactly ideal when you have a bunch of single-A pitchers trying to fight for maybe some promotion or maybe even a miracle roster spot or so. But zero runs in the final four innings of a game when you're also getting the bottom of the ninth because the White Sox were the road team. That's pretty rough. Absolutely brutal. Just the and again, the Dodgers have been here three times in a row. And yeah. to anybody that took notice, uh, what are the you know what the Royals have done since they uh, they won that game for us, Scott, on Bet the Farm? Well, I actually wrote that up originally for Call the Cops for today's show before I found another one. That game against Chicago yesterday was nuts. 
They, I don't think they've won since. They have not. They've lost three straight. Not our problem. <laughs> no. Well, we did. I did kind of say, you ought to look into taking the Royals like every game because they... Uh, I think they were up like, what were they up? 9-4 yesterday? They were up 10-4, I think, and the Cubs scored like 9 unanswered or yeah, something? Yeah, it was brutal. Just fucking brutal. So, finally, heading to the world of hockey on the Frozen Pond. If you had the Panthers Maple Leafs under six and a half goals, uh, at six goals with less than a minute left, Toronto scored, scored an empty netter with .4 remaining. Congratulations. That was a meaningless goal, Scott. Oh, no, it wasn't because the game landed seven. Uh, show note, I actually had that, that clip located and tried to download it into our system, and for some reason I was using the ESPN clip, and it did not like that. So I was going to show that clip because it was really, it was like the length of the ice. It was, it was brutal. So. I'm going to blame Canada. Blame Canada. Blame Canada. Best Good game was in Toronto. That's best best live Oscar performance ever, by the way. Mm. Uh, all that hockey hullabaloo and that bitch and Murray too. What a great fucking movie. Sorry. Okay. Now I have that song stuck in my head the rest of the day. Congratulations. And we're going to be doing the Blue Jays preview. So I'll be trotting that back out. So there was good news. Of course, there was good news. Um, these are the nice, easy victories. You know who you are. You had the negative perspiration, as the kids used to say, because you, my friend, were sitting in the rocking chair. So, first one, if you decide to take your winnings from Peacock Day and put it against the Peacocks, Fade North Carolina minus eight. Fade them, Cox. You had a nice winner because they led by 19 points at the half. They won by 20. Props to St. Peter's for getting that far, but they really just got their ass kicked from start to finish yesterday. Oh, yeah. I had that game as well. Not that side of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. It happens. It does. Yeah. It does. By the way, Baycott was on pace for about 40 rebounds uh, about yeah. five minutes into the game, and I'm just like, all right, this is going to be a bloodbath. Yep, it absolutely was. Uh, by the way, if you guys were looking for my video yesterday, apologies. I got home from the Oscar party and uh, found the sick dog. The dog had uh, expressed his anger and not being included in the family plans by chewing up a blanket and swallowing a good portion of it. So we got to take him to the 24-hour vet, as you might guess, very reasonably priced for the services at 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, um, so, yeah, sorry about sorry about the no video, guys. I will try to have the uh, capper of the day stuff uh, lined up for tomorrow's video or tonight's video, whatever, whatever you look at, so... Scott started getting some people stop by when we're doing the video there at uh, late at night. Kind of fun. Yeah. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to more basketball, shall we? NBA. If you had the Celtics minus six and a half against the T Wolves, no problem at all. No problem at all. They led by twenty three at halftime. They won by twenty two. Congratulations, my God! You got to be an idiot to fade that fucking Celtics team right now, huh, Scott? Yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> all right, here we go. Finish it up, buddy. Well, if you had the Coyotes and the Jets oh. under six and a half. There's only one goal in the first two periods combined. Game went to overtime, but of course you needed a lot more than one goal in overtime, which can't happen. Game landed three. Yep, yep, yep. You're jet, you're jet for life, unless you get traded, and you're not a jet yep. anymore. All right, finally, Scott, we got to talk about this, man. This is just, this is just fucking next level shit right here. It is uh, the Monday version. We don't do it every day, but we do, we do do it today, and uh, we're gonna find out. Uh, who they didn't make us mad, but uh, we were definitely, definitely disappointed. 
uh, take it away, hockey boy. So for this one, if you followed hockey over the weekend, you probably know where I'm going with it. The Pittsburgh Penguins, pretty good at hockey. Detroit Red Wings, not very good at hockey. You might remember earlier this season, they had a crazy game against Toronto in which I believe they gave up 10 goals, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that is correct. The Red Wings decided, you know what, we can possibly do better or worse, depending on how you look at it, because Pittsburgh scored 11 goals yesterday. 11. And Detroit lost 11-2. to two. How do you give up 11 goals in a hockey game? I, uh, about four, four a period, I guess. Did the goalie take a coffee break for a period and a half? Or what, do you, what happened? What do you do? Because, you know, they, they like to pull the goalie in the NHL when they give up four or five goals. So you pull that guy. The other guy comes in and sucks. What, you, what the fuck are you doing now? Well, the original goalie gave up, I believe it was seven goals on 25 shots. Oh, nice. That's, that's and then the backup goalie came in and he gave up four goals. So he didn't do much better. Is it like baseball where you, where you bring in like a, a winger to play? Fucking... Are there any Zamboni drivers you can bring that's in to the, play That's the first thought, obviously. But yeah, I mean, like, do they do they bring in some kind of left left right winger to put put in the uh, put in goal for the last five minutes of the game? Like they bring in the outfielder to pitch? Like fuck it. Eleven goals though. Brutal. That is Brutal. ridiculous. Well, congratulations if you had the Penguins uh, minus eight and a half. Yeah, you were sitting in the rocking chair. You had the team total over ten and a half. <laughs> Hell of a game. Hell of a game for you. Ah, uh, shame there's no car- correlated parlays there. So, uh, so that that's the that's the weekend worth of action. Uh, Mighty Ducks in goalie, very good. Uh, do we? I, like- don't, I don't. I don't disagree with that, David. I think one of the hindsight parts of watching the Mighty Ducks again, Goldberg, really, really bad goalie, <laughs> really, really bad. Uh, I don't believe I've ever seen the Mighty Ducks. I got to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. You've never seen the Mighty Ducks? I've not seen the. You, Mighty you've Ducks. had kids. I feel like that's a classic kids movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we, you know, Angels in the Outfield, uh, Little Big League, uh, all that yeah. shit. You know, seen that, but yeah, for some reason, just never saw. The Mighty Mighty Ducks. Nathan Cerna says, do we like the Thunderbirds today? Plus 10, Fresno State. I'll tell you what. I uh, actually do. Uh, Fresno State, that line has gotten pounded, buddy. Uh, What's it at now? It's at 8 now, I think? 7? Uh, well, uh, I... I know it was 10 last night. I'm uh, pretty so, sure oh, it's, so it's, it's at 7 right now. Oh, so it's gone the other way. My bad. I thought this I thought this started at 7.5 and gone up. No, it's now, it's now at 7. So people, yeah, people getting on Southern Utah... There you go. Um, if you got, I mean, t- I liked I like Southern Utah against Portland, which I gave out on the Clar uh, ESPN thing. Clar. Uh, also, I liked them against uh, UTEP a couple days ago. They ended up winning that one outright as a dog. Thunderbirds are pretty good, and we had a qu- question about them going into the actual tournament if their best player was going to return or not. He has, and they've looked pretty good. So I actually liked Southern Utah because. They can actually score the ball. You? Well, I'll tell you what. This Fresno State team, we talked about them. They're second slowest team in the country but next to Virginia, and their defense has been outstanding. I believe they had top top 10 defense, at least top well, 20. For most of the year, recently, not so much. That was the point I was going to make. They they haven't uh, – that defense hasn't showed up. In the, in the two tournament games, they've given up 145 points. They gave up 74 to Eastern Washington and 71 to Youngstown State. Jesus Christ. Come on, guys. The Penguins. Um, so yeah. And even before that, they played, they played a, a 99 point game against San Diego state, but good God, you talk about, uh, somebody make a shot, please. The, the Aztecs are even more intense than that Fresno state at their bad shooting, but I don't want any part of laying points with Fresno right now. They haven't, uh, they haven't covered their last four games, including both the tournament games. 
And if you if you like recent form, you got to take the Thunderbirds. They've won and covered five of their last six. So yeah, fuck yeah, give me give me all the points you can eat right there. I'll take it. Yeah, I agree. All right, very good. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. Fresno State under one thirty nine and a half. No, I wouldn't even touch that. I I don't. I think it's possible. Southern Utah puts up seventy seven to eighty. They could. I mean, the thing is, Fresno State had an identity, and they stuck to it the entire season. And then it appears right around, really, after they lost to San Diego State in the conference uh, conference tournament. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say defense has gone out the window, but the intensity just hasn't been there. Yeah, very good. Um, J.C. Stone, knowing who to ask. Poland or Sweden? Winner headed into the World Cup. Loser waiting four more years. Are you asking who I think is going to advance or who do I think is going to win in regulation? Because for these type of games where loser goes home, I don't mind betting draw if you think it potentially goes to extra time and you might end up needing uh, an actual decisive penalty shootout situation, whatever. Are you asking about advancing? Or are you asking about if I had to bet on the three-way line? Well, since we don't know, give your opinions on both. Well, Poland is a lot more offensive firepower. Defensively, they're not great, but Lewandowski, we know, is a fantastic actual goal scorer. And Sweden is mostly a defensive team at this point. Of course, Ibrahimovic doesn't play for them anymore. So they're not exactly as offensively potent as they used to be. Still a decent team, though. They got some decent players. But I'd say I think Poland's going to advance in the end. I don't mind a plus price on draw, though. Because when both teams need to win, that also means both teams can't afford to lose. And I expect to see a lot of tight play throughout the majority of this game. My you God, what happens when it's a... What don't happen? You? Fuck, I don't know. I I'm asking just on just on theory, though. When you have a, a situation where both teams need to win, even in hockey. One of them's going to win. No, but what do you see? You usually see a very close game that might go to overtime. Yeah. They both need to win. They both don't want to make any mistakes. I would say that. I mean, having a, a passing knowledge of, of, of soccer, I would say that they probably play a more defensive game with, with less attacking in the... Uh, what do you call it? What, what do you call it? The forecourt? It's not the forecourt. What do you call it? Upfield? What is it? Hey, the, upfield. The offensive end? Yeah, that works. Um, so, yeah, I, I would probably get involved with the under there. Uh, let me actually see something. Uh, what's the... Is, you're looking at the JC's odds? JC's telling me Ebra's back. I wasn't aware he was back on Sweden. I, th I thought they, like, left him off the team. James Mounsel's... I've heard they have some Ukrainians on the team. I'm, assu I'm assuming he's talking about Poland. Do you know if that's accurate or not? Uh, could be. Okay. Um, yeah, according to projected lineups, I don't see Ebra in the projected starting lineup. So... Are, are you sure he's back? Is he a sub at this point? Mm -hmm. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, as far as I remember, I don't remember Eber being in the actual starting lineup. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I, like, I like Sweden a lot more when Eber actually played a lot because he was, like, my favorite player for a couple of years. But I'm assuming Poland's going to advance, but I don't mind taking plus money on a draw. Okay, very good. Uh, by the way, I reached out to Chris K um, to do our uh, – Baseball show. I, I I reached out like ten minutes before our show started. I didn't give him much notice, but he, you know where he is. He's at the vet. Cat had a seizure, okay. so it's a it's a bad day for two. Three. You have you have a pet, Scott? I do not. Good thing. Good thing. Um, uh, James Mount says it was a bad joke. Oh, sorry. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking a travel time. Duke will advance the national championship game where Coach K will cut down the net. Says Nathan Serna. I mean, we can talk briefly about the opening lines for the Final Four games. I think Duke should be favored by more. 
and I think Kansas should be favored by more. For Villanova, I actually thought they would potentially win the game. Then Moore got injured, and Moore's one of their best players. He's out for the rest of the tournament. They can't score. If you've watched Villanova play, they've won games. But damn offensively, they're, they're awful. So Kansas, I think, just has too much size. I think they have too much depth. I think Kansas should win. Of course, you got Jay Wright against Bill Self, which is kind of the equalizer. But on paper, with more being out, Kansas really should win that game relatively easily. And I know North Carolina beat Duke in the most recent meeting. Mm-hmm. Duke won the first game by 30. I think Duke's the better team. North Carolina, I'm impressed with how the guards have played. But they rely on so many bailout jump shots by Love and by Davis. And Manic's been really good from three as well. I just think Duke's a little bit too deep. You could argue motivation angle. I know both teams are in the final four, so they're both obviously motivated. But Duke, of course, is, let's just say, a little bit chippy after losing the final home game of the season. So I think Duke should win by more than four. I think Kansas should also win by more than four. I like the favorites, but I do think the line should be a bit higher. I think Kansas should be closer to six. You? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm a lot more, I'm, although, you know, again, this is a Villanova team. You look at them on paper, you're like, ah, yeah, I got to fade this team. And then you, I like the under. And then they go out and whoop your ass. You like the under 132 and a half? I kind of have to, right? I, don't, I, know, I know Villanova's going to score 60. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to. I mean, Kansas put the clamps down on Miami. They did. Miami's offense was pretty good going in. I, I know it's a low total and all, but Villanova defensively is really good. And offensively, Villanova's not great. That kid, I that, think that total seems a bit high. That kid from Oklahoma uh, rolls his joints all right. No, the kid, the, the uh, McGuster. McGusty? McGusty. Kid couldn't miss in the, uh, Guster's a band, sorry. Uh, yeah. The kid couldn't miss in the first half. Couldn't, couldn't fucking miss. Uh, Patrick Dunlap says, I agree, the Lions will probably move to five. Uh, I don't know. I think there could be enough East Coast Villanova money come in to keep that one. I I don't think so. You think that you I think, think if there was you think money they're both going to go to five? Anybody, if there was money coming in on anybody, I think it'd be North Carolina, just be for an underdog, just because of the fact that it's a rivalry game. Yeah, they just won the recent meeting. Yeah, a lot of people, I'm sure, are betting on Coach K to win. I don't know if they're betting on Coach K to cover, but Villanova, I think, would get East Coast bias. But with the injuries, I got to assume sharp money is going to pound Villanova leading up to the game. Yeah. You pound I, uh, Kansas leading up I don't think game. you're going to see five until maybe Thursday. I think it's possible it gets to five on Thursday. I think before that, you're going to have you're going to have a little bit of evenly, evenly split money. If I was asking you, though, where you think sharp money is going to come from on the game on the games, I think the favorite in the clubhouse would be Kansas. Just based on the injury concerns and the fact that Kansas defensively really hit it hit another gear yeah in the second half against miami so i do think you'll see a lot of sharp money and public money on kansas maybe some late buyback on nova duke carolina i think there'll be more duke money but i think it'll be closer to 50 50 i just expect an avalanche of kansas money okay all right we'll see we'll see how that goes um somebody asking us if we're going to do a master's show I mean, I pulled off a miracle picking uh, uh, picking Burns a couple weeks ago. I don't know how many I got in me. Excellent. Um, that's the uh, that's a week from this weekend. For a week from this week starts a week from Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we might. We'll be done with we'll be done with uh, we'll be done with baseball. We'll be done with wrestling at least for. I'm just waiting for Tiger Woods' son to start playing competitively, and I'll just bet him every time. 
Uh, Bronco Dose said, I take the points or tease it. Yeah, I'm thinking about that as well. Yeah, Scott, did you, you get any NBA props? I know you, we talked a little bit in, when we were setting up farm, if there was anything that you liked. Uh, well, I was pick, I was torn between a couple that I thought about giving out for play of the day. I was looking at Trey Young. I'm not sure if I liked points or assists, though, because he's played Indiana three times this season. He's averaging like 38 points per game. Right. But he's also an assist magnet, and we know that Indiana defensively is an absolute disaster. The assists are at 10 and a half which seem high. It's really not based on how he's played recently, but I was a little bit torn because young has been so good offensively, just scoring the ball. I don't necessarily mind points and assists for Trey young. I think that he should have a pretty big game there. Uh, besides that, uh, what else do I like? Um, um, what else do I like? I'm thinking of, Oh, uh, <laughs> if you like, if you want to bet on awful basketball, you have Oklahoma city taking on Portland. Woohoo. I don't mind Trey Mann over in points because Shea's not playing. And who else is going to do anything offensively? Trey Mann's actually been pretty good uh, recently. Pretty good three-point shooter. I know that Pokashetsky takes a lot of shots. and None of them go in, but he takes a lot of shots. I think Trey Mann should have a pretty big night. So if you want to look for a dark horse prop, I don't mind him. Davion Mitchell for Sacramento has been really good recently. Miami's been supposedly good defensively, but recently they've been a disaster. But David Mitchell has been pretty good, so maybe look into him as well. But that Trey Mann prop I do like because Portland we know is terrible defensively, and we know that without Shea Gilts Alexander, somebody else somebody else is going to have to handle the ball. I think Mann gets a bunch of shots off. I think his point total is probably too low. Seventeen seventy seven memorabilia is in the house, and he brings up an excellent question. Will Jay Wright own Bill Self once again? This is a Kansas team that hasn't had the best of luck uh, against Villanova. In fact, uh, last 25 years, they are 7-1 and one against the number against the Jayhawks, including owning them recently. Scott, how do you feel about that? That's the point that I mentioned. I said the only thing that really people have for an argument about taking Villanova is, is Jay Wright going to coach circles around Bill Self? And it wouldn't be that surprising if that happens. Nope. I think Jay Wright... I said a week ago is the best coach in all college basketball. And I don't think it's really close, but I have to look at the talent on paper and the fact that even though Kansas usually chokes, they're in the final four. Have they played many great teams? Not really, but you know, they've, they've beaten some people. Well, we talked about when the bracket started that they had the easiest run and yeah. in anything and it got even easier and it got so even it went along. And, and it got even easier. Correct. So they, uh, I believe, I, I know this was, you know, obviously I'm friends with a lot of K-State and Mizzou people, and I believe what was floating around on the, the our Twitter was Kansas beat three double-digit seeds. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I didn't put it all together, but it didn't it didn't seem wrong. So. Well, because Kansas played the 16 seed in, well, that, no, no, no. They played Creighton. They couldn't have played double-digit seeds because they were the one. They were playing the eight and nine, but Creighton was missing its starting center and its starting. Well, they played guard. four games, so three of the were the other three were. Yeah, I'm saying them. they didn't play all double digit no. seeds, but you can argue Creighton missing its starting point guard and starting center. Yeah, was definitely not exactly a nine seed. You know yeah. what I mean? Okay, you about stepped on their dick in that game. I mean, they didn't. I mean, they yeah. they they didn't cover, but they did pull away and get the win. But Creighton made it a lot yeah, more so, interesting than they should have. I mean, Kansas had an easy schedule, but am I supposed to blame Kansas for that? It's not their problem. Right. And 1777 brings up what we were talking about. Uh, Nova only uses seven players. One of them's out. 
So, and now you got foul trouble concerns as well. Yep, absolutely true. Nathan says, I'm feeling the Dodgers and Guardians day. And, uh, I gotta be honest, man. I have not looked at, I have not looked at preseason baseball. Uh, we looked at the Royals for like one game. Yeah. That's basically it. Yep. I know the Yankees for the most part have been pretty underwhelming in, in spring training. Yep. Uh, Nathan says, uh, Kansas has the size and the girth against Villanova. Mm-hmm. It's all about the girth, Scott. All about the girth. <laughs> oh, man. So, which of those four teams is the most surprising to you to in, end up in the Final Four? Based on going into the tournament? Mm-hmm. I think it's got to be Carolina. I mean, not just because they're an eight seed, but because I root for North Carolina, and this team lost by thirty to Virginia Tech in the NCAA, in the ACC tournament. Now I know Duke also lost to Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament, but Carolina got run out of the gym. They lost by about thirty. They looked very underwhelming. They were on the bubble before the Duke game that they won in Cameron Indoor. They were almost not in the field, and they had to play Baylor. In the second round, which, of course, I know it's a weaker one seed because of the injuries, but they were still facing off against the one seed. They got lucky they played a 15 seed in the Elite Eight. But the answer is North Carolina because you're looking at Duke. They had expectations. I didn't think they were very good. The be- truth is the reason why Duke's been really good recently has been Roach. Roach has just been fantastic the yep. entire tournament. Yep. But Kansas I'm not surprised by at all because they had an easy section and I thought they were actually really good. Mm-hmm. Villanova finds a way because Wright's such a good coach. The answer is North Carolina. Okay. Um, brings up, uh, 1777 brings up another good point. Two versus eight minus four, one versus two, four and a half. Yeah. It just shows you how nuts that, uh, how, how, how much recency bias plays in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bronco Devil, I don't know if you, I don't know if this is an official number. I mean, if, you, if you've got a look ahead number on potential matchups, I haven't, I didn't, I haven't checked it out, but he says UNC plus eight against Kansas. Well, he said he's teasing it. Uh, oh, so, so he's taking a four. He's taking a four point teaser on both teams. Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. All right, there you go. Um, he's doing a he's doing a crisscross, Scott. The whole game's gonna come down to can North Carolina hit enough threes against Duke's zone in the second half because Duke defensively was underwhelming, which I've criticized them for, and it seems like they've really taken the approach of using man in the first half. And then using zone in the second half, and the zone has given teams a bunch of fits the entire tournament. Yeah. So that's the takeaway I have for the most part. Agreed. Agreed. But Carolina can shoot. So the argument is can Manic, Love, and Davis make enough outside shots to basically force Duke to get out of the zone or just to exploit the zone? I don't know. Because a lot of Love shots that he takes, I can say they're great possessions. He just makes a bunch of shots from the parking lot. Yep, he really does. He, he he bails them out time and time again. Nathan says, I believe they are all deserving. I'm questioning the spread. I believe UNC will keep it close first half. Dukey's pull away in second half. It's not a bad, that's not a bad analysis right there at all. I don't hate it if you wanted to play. I mean, uh, one, once again, I, if I was picking one dog out of those two games, I would pick Carolina. Because with the injuries and the lack of athleticism, I know Jay Wright's the better coach. Kansas really should win that game by like ten. They yeah. really should. Now you know. Now can they jack around like they did in the first half and for two halves? Yeah, it's certainly possible. Yeah, certainly possible. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a huge uh, 
it's a huge fucking ding when you play when you play a short rotation like that. Of course, a lot of teams shorten the rotation when you come when it comes tournament time. You know, teams that you but, consistently use eight, nine, ten guys will use seven in the tournament. But we know Kansas is also very aggressive, whether it's McCormick, whether it's going to be Abaji, whether it's going to be Lightfoot. Martin. Lightfoot. They go to the basket a lot. Yep. So the point is if Villanova and let's just say Gillespie picks up two fouls in the first 12 minutes, are they screwed? Kind of? They're in a lot it's of not tr- good. They're in a lot of trouble. They're in a lot of trouble. You know, Miami played uh their big man there with four fouls yesterday in the second half, and it fucking it didn't work out as he picked up his. They didn't have a choice. Fifth one, yeah, I know. That's a, that's the, that's exactly the scenario I'm talking about. Is that what it, you come down to something like that where, you know, you got nine minutes left, somebody's playing with, you know, Gillespie in your scenario is playing with four fouls, and that certainly gives Kansas an advantage. Not even you know, not even talking about the foul out potential, just the the he's got to lighten up on the defensive end. And that's so. Gillespie. I don't even mean the other big men. You can talk about Dixon or anybody because yeah. when you have to deal with McCormick and company mm-hmm. and you have to use backup walk-on centers or guys who haven't played, that's also a massive disadvantage. Yeah. Yep. This is a, this is a terrible time to live in Kansas City, too, if you're not a KU fan. This is all you fucking yeah. hear. It's like, you know, it's like the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl or some shit, except it's the team you hate. So, mm-hmm. Coach K does something special at the halftime. Like, I don't know what that means. Pulls his dick out. He switches his own defense. That's what he does. I mean, that's basically been the story of the second half of the tournament. Well, as it stands right now, and I uh, don't hold me to this, but I've got both favorites to cover. I think they both take care of business. I think they do as well. But if you're asking me which side I think you'll see more money on, I think Kansas will be the most bet team leading up to the game. Could be. Says Nova likes to kill the tempo. Yes, that indeed they do play half court. Um, they also can't score, <laughs> so that's, that's why I like the under. Because Villanova is not going to go up tempo shorthanded, I but just, so they're going to try to kill the pace. But I mean, damn man, Moore's one of your best offensive players. I just would feel so much better if this was like one thirty six. I just hate that one one thirty two and a half. I really do. do. You like Villanova team total under? Uh, yeah, I don't hate that. I'd, I'd probably lean more towards that than I would, because like I said, I I think Kansas could put up 75 plus so they could I, i'm not sure villanova's gonna get to 60 yeah i know i get it i get it but you know even if they don't even if they get to 59 ku gets mid 70s yeah you're still beat mm-hmm. all right uh lightfoot is a is a is a baller that dunk he did against miami yeah yeah he's got he's got quite the hops that lightfoot I mean, he's been working on those hops with the coaching staff for about nine years. Uh, Mitch Lightfoot, uh, 37 years old. I don't know if it, how many people knew that. but 37 years old, going for his first title. Absolutely. Uh, All-time leader in Kansas minutes, by the way. Oh uh, Yeah, that's not surprising. Uh, I know, because he's been there for about two decades. Kansas Final Four, 2 12, 22. So, get ready yeah. for 10 he has, more years. He has about seven Letterman jackets. <clears throat> oh, man. I don't know. That's... Uh, God bless him. I know I know guys that stayed in college six or seven years and weren't fucking playing any sports. So. Uh, when Kansas wins, I can't wait to do a right show. I told you so in a retweet. There you go. I mean, I, I didn't tweet anything out. So, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I, I think that Kansas is in a really great spot to make it back to the title game. Uh, 1777. Ah, memorabilia says uh, all kinds of turnovers in the Miami-Kansas game. It was like two games in one. It absolutely was like two games in one. Yeah. It was the uh, McGusty game, and then it was the uh, KU game. So I think that's the concern I have for Villanova as well, is that Kansas, especially defensively, 
they achieved a gear that I didn't know they had. Yeah. I know that Kansas was really good. I watched them beat Tech in the conference title game. Kansas impressed me. I had them in my final four. That's the only team I got right in my final four. But they ha- defensively, I didn't know they could do that. Nope. That was something. No, and they've been play and they've been playing good defense uh throughout the tournament with the exception of the Creighton game where they just yeah. kind of went to sleep. But other than that, they've given up uh and, and even not been to the Big Twelve they've given up sixty five or less and what, eight of their last nine, seven of their last mm-hmm. eight. So Yeah. Yeah, this is a defense that can play, that can flat out ball. I see the attraction of the under. I'm just I'm just worried about KU. I, I would probably I'm looking at team total for Villanova. I would take team total for KU too. I would probably uh what are you you looking at? Uh, I don't want to touch that for Kansas because I just think pace alone, Villanova's going to kill it. But the pace should be slow anyway, and Villanova's shorthanded, and Kansas playing great defense. There's a lot to like about Villanova's team total under. Yep, there you go. What just happened? Said, hey, Scott, sorry I'm late. You have a note? You have some kind of a note? What the hell, man? You just, mm-hmm. just popping in whenever. What the hell? All right, buddy. Well, let's uh, let's get to it, shall we? It's... Uh, it's that time. Don't forget, again, uh, we're going to be doing our baseball show right after this. We're going to be taking a look at the AL East and the NL East. Put me in, Coach. I'm ready to play. Scott, I know we have a special deal over there with the fine folks um, at Caesars. And uh, what's the deal on that again? Can you tell me? I still don't have my email fixed, by the way. I'm supposed to, I was supposed to uh, uh, uninstall and install this afternoon. So I'm sure that will All go good. perfectly with my grasp of technology. So, so if you bet on a team... Okay. In March Madness. All right. And they score one point. Okay. You make two hundred dollars. That's pretty good. That's probably that's that's, a pretty good deal. That's probably going to happen, right? I uh, I think it will. Okay. How much do you have to? Is there a minimum? You got to bet what? Ten bucks? What do you got? Uh, put? well, you're going to make me pull up information now. That Sorry, I, I thought you, I thought from. you I thought you had it. I think it's ten bucks. It's not nothing. Uh, well, I'll get back to you on that. Give okay. Good chat. Good chat. So yeah, definitely check out the good folks at Caesars. You know the drill. It's available only where Caesars is available. Check your state for details. And, of course, you must be 21 to play. So, uh, Candace... You've got 20 dollars on a men's college basketball game. You get a $200 free bet if your team scores a point. There you go. There you go. Promo code W-A-W-M-A-R-2. There you go. Winners and whiners, M-A-R. I don't know what that is, but... Uh... I'm assuming that's March 2. Oh, March. There you like go. March. Oh, I like so... it. Okay. There you go. W-A-W-M-A-R-2, and we'll have the details in the video tomorrow. We don't have them in there today. So, All right, buddy. Let's uh, let's get to it. That's why I had to turn off the camera for a second. I had to get my wardrobe ready. Um, you got yours ready? Uh, it's always ready, man. Okay. I know. You're probably wearing it outside the house, aren't you? Of course. Got to stay. You know, got a lot of sun outside. It's technically spring. Got to get some shade. My wife saw that uh, screenshot with you and I from last week with where we both have our chapeaus on. And said, "You look like a uh, like a, a gardener in Florida." Works for me, man. Works for me. <laughs> All right, here we go. Just start like there'd be a fire, and the game cancels. Hey, 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 Bronco! Come on now. A little uh, got to have a well, little. Bronco, they they continued that Raptors game though, so it would have been a ridiculous beat, but they actually resumed the game. That's right. That's right. So, um, let's talk about it, buddy. Let's it's it's Monday. It's time. You guys know the drill. It is time once again to put your overalls on, get your straw hats out. I expect everybody to have their straw hat by now. You think Amazon's like, why the fuck are we getting to run on straw hats? That's so weird. It's gonna be the it's gonna be a top fifty item. Absolutely. It's <laughs> we're taking it up the ladder, guys. 
Get your straw hats on. Get out those keys with the lucky rabbit's foot. Climb aboard your John Deere and fire that mother up. Because once again, kids, it is time. What is the time, Scott? It's time to bet the farm. All right. All right. Hey, calm down there, cash cow. Calm down, cash cow. All right, here we go. I got to get my uh, I got to get my Gary Moore earpiece up there. God bless you if you're old enough to know who I'm talking about. Uh, Scott, I know we did have a a bet the farm play on Friday. It would involved an NCAA tournament game, and how did that go? We had a player prop on Eater, our boy, to have over nine and a half points. Got fouled with three seconds left, hit both free throws, finished with 10. Never in doubt. Never in doubt! There you go, guys. So we're going to see if we can keep the hot streak going with today's action. As we mentioned at the top of the show, who would ever bet against this red-hot Boston team right now? You want to know who'd do it? We would do it. How about those Toronto Raptors minus the eight points, kids? Why would we do such a thing? Well, funny you should ask, because the Raptors, they've been playing very good basketball. Yeah, God dang it, I didn't put them in, Scott. I didn't add them in. So you're going to you're gonna have to trust me on this. Raptors, they've won and covered eight of their last 10. They have won those eight games by an average of 10.8 points per game. And this is perhaps the oddest NBA stat you're going to find as far as a betting stat goes, because when they win, they cover. How much? Well, they are 42 and 32 straight up. They are 41, 32, and 1 against the number. That is just fucking phenomenal right there. Uh, Raptors defense been playing pretty well, giving up 103.8 points per game in their last seven. Last seven. And kids, we have saved the best for last, and this is the reason that attracted us to this play, because Boston is going to be without four starters. Tatum, Brown, Horford, and Williams will not suit up tonight. I'm not even sure they made the trip across the border. Speaking of across the border, Boston not in a great travel spot as they are in the second game of a back-to-back, and they had to travel to Canada, which always brings in extra fun there, checking in at the border and whatnot. So we are going to take advantage of that uh, down spot for Boston, a game that they probably should be writing off, and I think they will. We're going to take the Toronto Raptors minus the eight points, and that's going to do it for the Bet the Farm play. Scott, any thoughts on that one? Uh, Just one quick comment. Uh, Roland mentioning Brown might be playing or they might rest him. They've already announced they're resting him. So Brown is not going to play. There you go. There you go. Get down because there'll be no Brown. And, uh, yeah, it's going to do it for us. That's going to do it for the show. It's going to do it for part one of our doubleheader. Don't forget to check out the second leg of our doubleheader here in just a few minutes as I get the show set up as we do our previews from the American League East and the NL East. And since it's the uh, second game of doubleheader, Scott, we're going to start with a runner on second base. So just let you know. Fantastic. All right. You guys hopefully see you there in a few minutes. And as far as this show goes, that's a wrap, kids. Thanks very much for stopping by. Thanks for joining us on this Monday. We do this every day, every day, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Scott and I do our very best to help you guys in the never-ending journey to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. We will see you tomorrow.